What is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Thrive Forever Fit Show. This week, I've got a little bit of a special style interview show for you. It's actually my buddy, Sean Marshall, interviewing me. We did this interview on his Reinvent Yourself series, and it was so phenomenal and so powerful that we both thought it would be a great idea if we reintroduced it on my podcast and gave everyone an opportunity to listen to it either again or for the first time. This episode is going to help you discover your life's purpose, navigate any uncertainty or fear that you may be currently going through, and it's also going to help you make changes in the direction of the life that you want to live. I'm personally going to share how I use adversity as my advantage. Now, I know that sounds crazy, adversity being an advantage, but once you learn how to do it, guys, adversity can be the most powerful tool you have for overcoming obstacles and turning challenges into opportunities. Listen to today's show. I know you're going to love it. Hit me with some feedback after it's over. Sit back, enjoy. Sean and I are going to entertain you for about an hour. All right, enjoy it. All right. Welcome, everyone, to the Reinvent Yourself series. My name is Sean Marshall. And uh, for those that maybe are tuning in for your first time, the Reinvent Yourself series is for those of you who have been thinking about doing something different in your life. You're getting an intuitive hit to take your life in another direction. You have a dream, a calling, but you haven't found the courage. This series, this conversation today is designed to have you access the courage to follow what it is that you really want to do with your life. So with that being said, I'm pumped up for today's guest, Jay Nixon. Jay is an author of multiple books. He runs a transformational studio in Palm Springs, Palm Springs, or is it Palm? Palm Desert, Desert but it's all the same. Palm yeah. Desert. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Palm Desert. Um, he's an author, a mentor, a coach, and so many more things. And I think the thing, instead of reading your whole bio, what I love about Jay is Jay is just a guy who gives a shit. So True. Jay, man, welcome, bro. Welcome Thanks for having series. me, Sean. I'm excited to be here, man. I love any opportunity I get to jam with like-minded people. And I know that somebody's going to get some kind of value out of this today. I'm excited about that. Likewise, man. I, I like that. that. The trust of doing something like this or doing what you do or writing a book, it's like you just have to trust that there's a ripple effect happening out, happening out there. I and mean, we may never see it, but I agree with you. I know, I know that's going to happen. So why don't I put the spotlight on you, man? Um, <laughs> Talk a little bit about like who you are and what you're up to. And and, yeah. and I would love to hear how you got to be doing, you know, what you're doing and the guy that you are today. Yeah, for sure. You know, like you said, um, I am, I own a physical, you know, brick and mortar fitness studio in Palm Desert, California. I've written two books, um, both of them in the, I would call them the weight loss transformation world, but they're a little bit unique in the fact that they're not eat this, don't eat that type of books. They're more in, in the line of, mindset, psychology, why we get stuck in the stories and why we get stuck um, in the, the non-successful patterns of our life. My mission and my goal is to really help people. You know, I, I said to you the other day when we chatted is I like to use fitness and nutrition as a way to get people into my world. And then I really start working on the things that matter. And that's the mindset and the psychology and, and why we do what we do and happiness and abundance and awesomeness and all those types of things. So um, I also have a transformational coaching program. I have clients from all over the, the country and all over the world. Um, I mentor, I coach, I speak on stages. And like you said, man, the real thing for me is I know I'm living in alignment and I know how amazing that is. And my real part, purpose and passion is to get people to 
find their alignment, whatever that is, and then help them get on that path and then start having success. Because I believe momentum is the magic multiplier. Once you start getting momentum in your life, it just starts to come and it comes in waves. And if I can just get people to start finding momentum and start creating a life that they really look forward to living, looking forward, look forward to getting out of bed for, that's the home run hitter for me. I don't care if that means I'm gonna help you lose a hundred pounds, start a business, create a better relationship, make more money. Like, I don't care what, I don't care what that is because that is simply a side effect of me helping you figure out how, how to get you in alignment. So in a nutshell, that's what I do. That's who I am. And that's, um, that's why I get up every morning, super stoked to jump out of bed. I'll, I'll say one more thing before I shut up. I'm a firm believer in this, like gratitude drives me and people are always like, yeah, that's super buzzy. Everybody's saying that. You can ask my significant other, Lori, we've been together 15 years. I am, I'm annoying to the fact of gratitude is the biggest thing in my life. When I wake up every morning, I say the words, thank you out loud. First of all, I say, holy shit, I'm alive. Cause I'm just, I'm yeah. super pumped about that. I say, thank you out loud. And then my next statement out of my mouth is God, universe, whatever you believe in, guide me in the direction of helping as many people as humanly possible today. I start every day like that, man. And I feel like if I do that, I can't lose. I love it, bro. I absolutely love it, man. I read, I read uh power of now, man, years and years and years and years ago. Yeah. And I, I remember, um, walking i used to take these walks while i would listen to him speaking and i would practice just closing my eyes while i was walking and just being grateful for like listening to the birds or like my feet working or whatever you know open my eyes and then it's like wow look at the trees look at all these things and there's so much to be grateful for and just to start your day like you do with a it's like a celebration of like yeah, wow. I, and it's so true because we're not guaranteed to wake up. And no. I, I just do it. I'm inspired that you're um, present to that, you know, every morning, like, whew, I made it. Yeah. And I, and I also think it's my responsibility. I get up at three o'clock every morning and that's not a, people are always like, Oh my God, that's not a badge of honor. I think you can get up at seven o'clock and still be as successful as I am. That just happens to be how my day operates. So that's not like a, Oh, I'm doing more than you are. Trust me, I go to bed at eight o'clock at night. You're probably staying up till 10 or 11, which is you know great. So it's not about the time you get up, but it's like when I get up, I'm getting up. Like I'm getting up ready to win. I'm getting up ready to thrive. I'm never in dread. And so that's, I always say that I get up at three because most people, when they get out of bed, they start their day from a place of like, oh man, like today, today's gonna suck. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to hurry. I got to rush. And it starts this cascade of really negativity in their life. I start my day at three o'clock by saying those things out loud that I just stated I said. And so if you happen to roll into me at 4 a.m., like you're going to get a, this guy must be on something. Like nobody (laughs) should be, nobody should be this excited at 4 a.m., right? But I've trained myself and conditioned myself to be that way. Because I believe that I'm responsible for the energy I bring into every scenario and every situation. And I never want to, I never want to meet you, even if it's for the hundredth time and not be in a powerful position where I can do something that is great for you. And if I'm coming from a place of negativity or dread or doubt, I can't give you my best self. And it's my obligation as a human to show up and be the best version of myself for me first. And then for everybody else that I get to encounter second. Dude, it's so powerful, man. 
what what's your like how do you stay um connected to that sense of purpose yeah you I know like it, we, yeah I love that question. I, 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 I derive that my purpose and passion now from knowing that I'm in alignment. Like I, you know, you and I talked when we chatted last week, I walked away from what most people would say were some of the coolest jobs on the planet, right? Like I used to work for the largest nutrition company in the world, meaning like I've been behind the scenes of every, you name a nutrition company, I've been inside of their walls, right? I've done something with that company. Um, I used to work for the largest pharmaceutical company in the world. They're one of the largest pharmaceutical companies in the world. Company car, massive expense account. You know, you name it, like considered the, the, the cool job. Then I, got to cons- then I got to consult for the NFL alumni. Like I literally have met, like I said the other day, I've met every, if you say an NFL player's name, I've probably met him. I've probably played golf with him. I've probably had a cocktail with him. We've probably hung out. I walked away from all of that because it wasn't in alignment with who I was supposed to be. And I started from zero. I started my fitness and nutrition and transformation business with nothing, no clients, no real idea of how it was going to transform for myself. But I knew if I was doing that and my purpose was to help the other people that I could get out of bed every day and bust my ass for myself to help other people and that's what keeps me going, man, is I know every day I get up, I'm going to change somebody's life that day. And that's a powerful thing to think about. I'm not, it's not I want to, it's not this, I'm going to, because it's how I've constructed my existence. And by doing that, like, you know, I'll, I'll say this, and it sounds a little bit cliche. I don't get to have bad days. Do I have bad moments? Do I have doubt? Do I have adversity? Do I, are you Absolutely but I don't allow myself to have a bad day because that's way too much valuable time wasted on something that's going to bring no value to anybody. And my life's mission and purpose is to really bring value, right? If that's through a conversation of me making you smile, that's value for me. If it's me helping you change your life and lose hundred pounds, value for me. And I don't, neither one of them has more power over me. They both yeah. are about me helping you. Yeah, bro. That's powerful, man. Um, there, I had a, a super question. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So when you, I, I love this, I not idea. I love this way that you live of like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to allow like a bad moment to spill out into an entire day or an entire week or an entire month. Um, do you, do, do you have like a parameter where you give yourself where you're like, this shit just turned upside down for a second yeah. in my mind or my emotions or whatever, you know, do you, did you give yourself like 30 minutes or 10 minutes or five minutes, to like be in your shit and then get out of it? Or how, how do you like yeah. guarantee every time that it's not going to spill in and you waste an entire day? Great question. You know, I'll, I'll preface that by saying this. I don't want people to think that like my life is just super rosy or whatever, it, you know, whatever it may be. I wrote my second book's called the purpose of pain. And so I, my father was killed when I was five. I lost a lot of other fatherly figures from the time I was like, you know, 17, when I was 17 years old, I had a mentor, he lived next door to me. And on Christmas day, I had to give him CPR because he had a heart attack until the paramedics got there. And he passed away on the way to the hospital. When I was 25, my best friend decided that he didn't want to be here anymore, put a shotgun in his mouth and killed himself. And so I know what adversity feels like. I know what shit feels like. I know what a bad, I know what a bad 20 years feels like. And so 
for me, I, I fall back on that perspective. And, and I wrote the whole book because I wanted people to understand that regardless of the tragedy, if you'll be, if you can retrain the way you think about that, the perspective you have around that. So I no longer get to be mournful or sad about the loss of my father or the loss of my best friend or, or all the other folks that I lost in that gap. I have to celebrate their existence through me. And so that's kind of how I operate is I look at adversity now is simply an unanswered question. And so I just ask myself, so if I get that, that bad moment, right? Like something punches me in the face and it always will. I simply pause and I trust me. I allow myself to be pissed. I allow myself to be upset. I allow myself to be angry, but I've also taught myself this. My emotions do not require reaction. Right. And so if you think about that, most people get an emotional hit and then they then their reaction is based off of that emotion. I know that most of my emotional hits are based on my old story. And if I react from that place, I'm going to react from a place that's not in alignment with who Jay Nixon is today. And so I just I allow myself to be pissed. I allow myself to feel that emotion. And then I simply ask myself that question. What's the what's the question, Jay? Like, what's the question that you need an answer to? You may, I may not have it, but that just means that I have to start now looking for my resources. I have to call you and say, Sean, here's my question. What's going on, right? I have to call somebody else that's in my circle of success. Here's the question. And that's how I allow, I don't allow myself to ruminate on a negative, on a negative thing. I'm really big on problem solution. So if you think about this, most humans, we spend 90% of the time on the problem and 10% on the solution. So what I do is I'll allow myself to spend about 10% of the time on the problem, dissecting it, what is it, what do I need? And then I spend 90% of my time on the solution. I mean, if you think about that, man, that's the game changer, right? That keeps yeah. me from that keeps me from getting stuck. If I was spending 90% of my time on the problem, of course I'm going to get stuck. Of course I'm going to have a bad day. But if I spend 10% on the problem, then I don't give myself enough time to have the bad day. I can have a bad moment, a bad hour, a bad couple hours, but that's it. And that's just through conditioning, right? I've conditioned myself to behave in that manner. Have I always been that way? Absolutely not, right? I used to have bad days. But if you once you learn that that's a negative, that has a negative impact on your life, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. I want a different result. And so therefore I have to change the, I have to change the blueprint of how I respond to adversity. Yeah, dude, you said a lot of great stuff there, man. I mean, the conditioning yourself to respond to your reactions instead of reacting to your actions is just so powerful because we yeah. do, we do, condi- we have conditioned ourselves if we're not conscious about it to react to certain situations or emotions in a negative way. Maybe it's anger or frustration yeah. And it's like, how many years of training have you had? Not you, but, you know, the typical person, if we're not conscious, then how many years you're so trained? If anger is your go-to, there's a lot of things that are going to make you angry. You know, if sadness is your go-to, there's a lot of reasons to be sad. And it's it's just a conditioned response. I think that's so important, man. Is that sometimes it's not even yours, though. Sometimes somebody else put that inside of you, like, 
hey, Sean, if this happens, this is how you respond, right? It's a learned behavior. You can actually learn it by watching a parent or a sibling yeah. or somebody else in your life. So you got to be really aware of, that's why I said, I asked myself this question. First of all, is this mine? Like, is this emotional reaction, my emotional reaction? Is it yeah. from an old story or is it from, is it somebody else's conditioning of me? Like what we don't realize is as humans, like we're consistently being conditioned, right? If you watch yeah. television, even from a marketing perspective, you're being conditioned by that commercial on TV to think a certain way in order to elicit a certain response. So if you, if yeah. you can be conditioned by TV, you can be conditioned by your life's programming, right? Your life story. Yeah, super powerful, man. Do you know what that reminds me of when you say that we can be conditioned by other people, which of course we're conditioned by our parents or watching other people react, we get their conditioning. Yeah. Such a powerful example of that. When I was 23, I got a dog. It was the first dog I had got like when I was on my own, you know, little puppy, eight weeks old. And did I raise her, you know, and I, I used to, um, and this wasn't my reaction, but if I was on my computer and I hit a button that doesn't work and then the computer makes a sound, it's like, you know, something yeah. like that. Every time I get the brand, I say shit. It was just my reaction. And I yeah. got it from my, I got it from my dad. Yeah. Shit. And so what started happening is my little puppy. It's, it's sad that I did this, but I did it. She would hear that and she would hear me be angry or mm -hmm. frustrated. And every time, dude, the whole time I owned her, every time the computer went, brah, she would start shaking. Yeah. You know, she would get scared because she thought I was pissed. And I would, the set, when I realized like, oh man, I conditioned her to be fearful. When I get angry at the computer, I stopped doing it, but her whole life, you know, did, and, yeah. and dude, she passed away four years ago. And uh -huh. still, when I hear the brat, I think, yeah. oh man, where is she freaking out? You yeah. know, it's so, it's so powerful. I like that, that question, man. That's a great story too. Cause it, it was a noise, but I'm, I'm big on like language. So if I'm yeah. working with a client, even, even if it's somebody that I'm not my client, I'll ask people, I'll say, okay, listen, I want to help you. You have to stop using that word. And they'll be like, what word? I'll be like, you keep saying, this is what I want, but. And you'll always give me a but after every time you say, oh, Jay, I want to lose yeah. weight, but. Jay, I'd like to make more money, but. Jay, I'd like to do this. They don't even, you don't even realize you're doing it. It's a conditioned response because you've been taught that you're probably not going to get that. So you use yeah. but as that buffer between you and your success. And so- for everybody listening, start to pay attention to other people's language, because sometimes that's easier to hear than your own. And then, and then go in, go internal and start to listen to words that you're using, phrases you're using that are creating a negative emotional state inside of you. And you'll start finding them. And so that's what I did. Is I started looking inside of me is like, what language? Am I using positive, powerful language or am I using submissive victim level language, which is eliciting a response which is leading to victim you know less powerful reactions and thoughts and it all trickles down here you know i, I believe in my first book's called the overweight mind right so it's you're not overweight because you got a problem with anything below the neck if you're overweight it's because there's something conditioned in your brain that is made that is creating an environment that, that causes you to overeat or not exercise or do any other of the assortment of things that has you stuck in that pattern. And a lot of that has to do with language. Dude, a hundred percent. I agree, man. It's like, you already, 
have a belief system, you see yourself a certain way, and then your language shares that, and then your actions follow right from the brain. You know, it's all tied together. I, I think this is one of the like breakdowns that people have had since, you know, remember when the secret came out Yeah. and, you know, and then everyone was like, yes, you know, I think, and I, I still like the movie. I know some, some people don't like the movie. Some leaders don't like it, whatever, but I like it. I think me too, man. But I think like the breakdown with the law of attraction or using your, using your language in that way to be positive is it doesn't stop with just using the positive word and expecting something different to happen. Right. And and you're getting into it where you're saying like you you have to go in and look at the belief behind it and examine it and be with what you're saying. You can't just change the word on the surface, but you've got to go in and do some diagnosis and really get present. Like what is, what am I really saying? Yeah. And if you can attach the if you can attach the appropriate emotion to it, it magnifies its power by 10x. Meaning like. You know, I, I'm big on like affirmations and like, say, you know, you have to be able to say, I, you'll never, you'll never be more, you'll never, you'll never outgrow or be more than, than how you identify, right? So if you identify as someone as I am, you know, I'm not very smart or I'm overweight or I'm, I'm the, you know, blank, right? Because you're attaching that emotion to that. You'll never expand outside of that. Even if you start saying things like, I'm strong, I'm powerful, I'm healthy, right? You see how that there's no emotion around that. So when yeah. I when I say something about myself, when I create an affirmation about me, I make sure that I attach the emotion to it, right? It's like thinking of an apple, right? If I just say, oh, I'm thinking of an apple, well, there, an apple can be so many things. It could be an Apple computer, it could be a phone, it could be a red, green, yellow, it could be any kind of apple, apple pie. But if I visualize and create an emotion around a, you know, red, delicious or Granny Smith, it's very specific. And so I think if you're going to use an affirmation, you better attach a very specific emotion to that affirmation. And that will magnify its strength and actually allow you to start using that affirmation in a powerful way. Like just doing affirmations is great, right? but it's not going to get you the desired result. Just wanting to be successful isn't going to get you successful. You've got to believe you can be, you've got to believe you are, attach that emotion and then take the appropriate action based on the emotion. Yeah, man. And that's where the work starts, right? I think like when you start yeah. getting into those bigger goals, you know, I want to manifest this or I want to have this life or whatever. And then you start, I mean, I know I've certainly done this where I've like leveled up my goal i'm like all right i want to i want to achieve this goal yeah. but then i and i don't know if you can relate maybe not first when it's something brand new and i put myself in that state of having achieved that in the future like what's the emotion but but then i realized there's a limiting belief in there that's oh, already yeah. associated with it and then it's like okay well what the hell is that and then i could shift away from it and pretend that that limiting factor belief isn't there but then I, I'm doing myself a disservice because I already know that it's there. It's like I can pretend it's not there, but then it's not going to work. So I have to go in there and figure out, like, really, what's that about? Why do I think I can't achieve that? You know, and then then it's deep work. It's deep work yeah. way, way, way in there. The surface is like what we're talking about with the words. But then it's like that's the entry point to going in and doing that deep work. 100%. And that, you know, that every, and everybody has that. Everybody has yeah. that imposter syndrome and that upper limiting. 
And that's what I talked about earlier. The best team meeting you'll ever have is going to be with yourself. And so get comfortable asking yourself questions. I don't think people, we don't ask ourselves enough questions, right? Mm. And so when I get to that place where I start to feel that discomfort and those negative emotions start to kind of come in or those negative thoughts of, hey, Jay, you do not know how to do that. Like you don't, you know, maybe you're not smart enough. Maybe you're not, you know, whatever it is. I ask myself the questions. Okay. What is this? Where is it? Where is this from? Like, why, why am I, why am I telling myself that I don't have this that I need? Right. And then once I get the answer to that question, then I can start to dissect it and overcome it. What happens with most people is they get that, they hit that roadblock and they just think, well, this isn't for me but this must not be for me. I better just cruise right back down here to where everything's comfy. It feels good. You know, there's no adversity. There's no challenges. But what you'll realize is you're naturally inclined to want to elevate. But most yeah. of us have, most of us have tried that so many times and we hit that roadblock and then we fail. We hit that roadblock and then we fail. We hit that roadblock and then we fail. And there's no greater force than that, that belief that, well, I'm just going to fail again. And so you've got to retrain your brain to know that all adversity is, is an unanswered question. And maybe you don't, maybe you're just asking the wrong question. Maybe you're not asking the question of the right person. And sometimes you aren't the right person. That's why it's imperative that you have a really strong circle of success. And that means for me, that's, that's everybody that I surround myself with that I allow into my, I'm big on energy. So it's, it's, it's the people that I allow into my energy field, right? Because I think energy is contagious. And so I'm very aware of the energies and the inputs that I allow in. And I'm consistently auditing my inputs. And I know that if I get to an adverse situation and I allow that situation to become overwhelming or chaotic or whatever it is, it's because I'm allowing an input from the outside in that is blocking, mm. my, blocking my ability. So I'm consistently auditing my inputs. Who am I allowing to speak into these ears? Who am I allowing to get visual side of these? Who am I allowing? Who am I conversating with? It's all so important, so contagious. And by, my theory on, on auditing is this. I either implement or I delete immediately. What too many of us do is we allow everything in and then we get this vortex of information and it's like a, it's like a tornado just spiraling around. If you'll audit and then either implement like, okay, this is an implementable thing in my life. I like this. I'm going to use this. If it's not implementable, then get rid of it. Doesn't mean it can't come back. Doesn't mean it may not be valuable later. It just means right now it doesn't make sense to have inside of your, your cortex of action and thoughts and all of those things. So audit, implement, or delete. Dude, I love that, man. I'm going to write that down. Audit, and that, implement, that de- delete. Yeah. And that decreases overwhelm. Like what's one of the mo- what's one of the main things people say to you when they come to you for like coaching or whatever. It's like, I'm, Sean, I'm so overwhelmed. I don't know what to do next because totally. they've got so many things going on. They're listening to too many inputs. I call it the personal development vortex. It's like this tornado of like podcasts and books and gurus and seminars and d- money and like your family. And it's like, well, I don't even know what to do next. Start, yeah. delete, start deleting. Yeah. Well, that's the, this the perfect, I mean, thing to say, even with this series is where there are some people that I've met along the way who opt into the series and they're like junkies where they just follow all the series, you know, and I've done that. Don't get me wrong. There was a point where I picked up every freaking book I could find, and it just, you know, 
but it's like you you got to be able to pause for a second and get present and like what are you doing is this a moment where you're just distracting yourself from the world and so you just constantly have input like pause take the input take some notes and when this conversation ends man i say give yourself 10 minutes and take what were the key things that you learned or that made sense or that you want to explore and then commit to something to take an action some sort of an action and then move on you know what i do this may be helpful for for you guys listening so I've been on my own personal development journey for over 15 years. And so when you start, you, you do overconsume. You overconsume yeah. because you're excited. You want a better life. You want more. And, and in the beginning, the idea is the more I consume, the more I can, can utilize. What you'll learn as you, as you move further and deeper into your own journey is that not everything needs to be, not everything is implementable right? In the immediate moment. And Sean hit the nail on the head. If you're not going to take action on it in the moment, the likelihood of it being beneficial for you are pretty slim. So here's what I do. Say I'm going to go to an all-day seminar. Say there's going to be 10 speakers. My goal when I walk into that room is to take away two valuable nuggets. That's it. If I do that, I win. Now, might I get five? Yes. Might I get more than that? Yes. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on two things that I can take immediate action on, as opposed to 20 things that I'm interested in taking action on. Doesn't mean I'm not going to write them down. But guys, if, let me show you this really quick. This, you're going to laugh at me. So this is my desk. My computer sets up on a little thing. These are my journals, right? Okay. So there's, I got four journals right here. Some of them are full, and some of them are, are, are very, very minimally written in. Sometimes I'll come back to a journal that's full and I'll find a nugget that I've never used before. And, and if it hits me in that moment, then it becomes an actionable step. Sometimes I'll go back to a journal and I'll, I'll find, I'll read the notes that I've taken on, on a course or a seminar or whatever it is, and nothing resonates. I don't put pressure on, I don't put pressure on the, the moment because when it's ready and when it's right and when it's in alignment, it will jump off the page and slap you in the face. Right? Yeah, you, you can't you can't implement 20 things at one time. No, you can't, man. I agree with you. A lot of conversations I have with people, they're overwhelmed. And it's really easy, even with some coaches I know where I talked to my buddy a few weeks ago and he's dude, he had like he had like three big goals that that of like business ventures that he wanted to accomplish the next quarter. And by the time we got, I was like, dude. Look, man, it's not it's not up to me to tell you like what to go for or what to go, not to go for. And you're trying to get something off the ground and you have three things that you want to get off the ground. It's too much. Yeah. I mean, not saying not to limit you, but bro, I've known you for a year and you've been trying to get this stuff off the ground for a year. Like maybe choose one. What's the it, one right? It doesn't now? mean the other things don't they, they can stay in the journal like they can stay. Yeah. They can stay on the bench. But you can't play every player at the same time. So focus on the yeah. player who's in the put one guy in the game and then let's coach him up, right? Let's put him in position to win. It's gonna be very difficult to put three big ideas in a winning formula in a quarter. I mean, that's gonna be I don't care who you are, that's a that's a monumental task, right? So yeah. focus, laser focus. Yeah, I like it, man. I like what you're saying about really sort of um creating a hierarchy, like if you go to a 
workshop or a seminar or something. Yeah. And it's like distinguishing between that's a great idea. And wow, this one is in alignment and is like right time, right place for yeah. me to implement. There's a big difference between those. And like a couple things to implement on is plenty of things to implement on. Yeah. Oftentimes we go to those things and we're like, okay, my gosh, I paid $399 or I paid a thousand dollars and I, I gotta, I gotta do everything. So it'll be worth yeah. it. You'll, but what's going to happen is you're going to try to do everything and that's going to diminish the value. If you'll just focus on the one to two things, the, the return on investment of that is going to be exponentially greater than you trying to implement 20 different ideas or techniques or strategies or tools. It's just not, I, I promise you, I've been doing this for long enough to know that is a failing formula. The most successful mm -hmm. people I know focus on taking action in the moment of inspiration. And that means you get that hit. That means this is what I got to take action on and I got to go now. Yeah, super powerful. Okay, I wanted to, let's go back like a little bit because yeah. you, you were talking about inputs. I want to go, I want to dig into inputs a little bit. Um, obviously, you have like a clear system. It's, you know, you practiced it. It's easy for you now to distinguish and look yeah. at, like you've made it a, a habit to look at your inputs. Um, when you first had that realization about inputs and how different inputs were influencing your mind and your actions and your belief systems and things like that, what were some of the big inputs that you realized, whoa, this isn't really serving my life? Yeah. Like, I'm sure there was a few of them. You want, you want to walk, walk us through like a few of those inputs that you realized like, er, not working? You, you, you hit the nail on the head. So I know so many people now, and I used to be this way, they'll say, hey, I'm going to read 100 books this year. I'm like, okay, cool. So my question to that yeah. person is always, well, what are you going to implement from those 100 books? I'm like, what do you mean? Like the most successful people in the world read books. I mean, there's a, there's a quote that goes around. It's like the most successful CEOs read two books a month or a book a week or something like that. And so Ty Lopez get, says he reads a book a day. Yeah. Elon Musk says he did two a day. Great. Like, Listen, if, the, if you're Elon and that works, I don't know yeah. many, I don't know many Elons and I don't mean, I know many Ty's, right? And I don't know, Same. I don't, I don't know them well enough to know if that's an actual legit statement or if it's a social media like wowzer right and so yeah. what i always ask a young entrepreneur or somebody young in the game when they reach out to me and say jay what book do you recommend i read for this i never recommend the book my next my next reply back to them is always a question what book are you reading right now they'll always say oh my gosh i'm reading this book and i'm like perfect what are two things you're implementing on a daily basis consistently and you've been doing for at least the last 14 days? Well, Jay, that sucks, right? So now, because they're not, right? They're usually not implementing yeah. anything from the book. And so what I get them to do is think, well, wait a minute. Okay, this is a different way of thinking, right? Because you can read Think and Grow Rich all day long. You can read whatever, insert title. And unless you're using something that you got from the book, I mean, are you really expanding your knowledge base? I mean, just because you read the Idea. book, yeah, just because you read the book doesn't make you any smarter or any more intelligent. Or yeah, you can you can screenshot it and say amazing book, but unless you can tell me two things you're taking from that book and actually implementing, or one thing that you're using on a daily basis, not once, not twice, but consistently, that's making your life better, then either you're reading the wrong books or you're reading for the wrong purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's one of the main things. And then I find too that like, you know, podcasts are another great example. I, I have my own podcast. 
I love it. I love it when people listen. But I always tell people like, listen, if you're listening to my podcast plus 10 other ones and you're trying to implement everything all 10 of us are saying, you're going to be, it's going to be confusing for you. Right. And so what, and I I was the same way. Like I loved everybody's podcast when I started. I was just, I mean, I didn't, I don't listen to music when I work out. I usually listen to a podcast or some kind of book or something of that nature. I'm, I'm a more of an audible person than I am a reader. Um, So I can retain information really, really well. But I stopped listening to everything and I dialed that 10 podcast down to two. Now, I'm not saying I won't look around and say, okay, hey, this is a cool topic, cool guest. But now I audit my inputs based on what's the topic. Like I don't, I won't listen to Joe Rogan just because it's Joe Rogan. It's got to be a topic that I, that on the surface, I believe will bring me value. Yeah. And then when I get into it, if, it, if I don't, if I don't find that value proposition, I'll stop listening to it. And I love Joe. I think he's got great perspectives, blah, 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 blah. I do the same thing with everybody. I won't just listen to a podcast because it's X person giving it. Whereas I used to, you know, I just listened to like 10 shows, every show, blah, 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 way too overwhelming. So I just audited that down and realized that like, hey, listen, I'm going to start listening based on topic instead of based on person who's delivering the message. Yeah. And when you say a lot of what you're saying too, I mean, it just, it does come back to what you said throughout this conversation is about alignment. Yeah. You know, it's about alignment. Like, is this, is this conversation I'm going to listen to aligned with like what I'm up to right now, what I'm implementing on right now, what the problem is I'm solving right now. And if it's a cool topic, but it's not alignment with that, then it's like, well, I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe listen to that one on my downtime when I just want to veg out for 30 minutes or something like 100%. that. But, yeah, that's the one you, know. that's the one you listen to to veg. And there's nothing wrong with that veg either. Like I've got some of those like silly things that I listen to, right? Just to let the brain kind of be cool for a while. And so yeah. you've, got, you've got to have that too. Not everything has to, and that's another rule I have too. Like not everything can be so damn serious, right? Yeah. It's like, I mean, you know, when you're hammering, everything looks like a nail. Right. And so when you're young in this in this journey, everything looks like a nail and you just want to hit it. Right. Yeah. And, and, and you think that, you know, you think it's because it's the hustle, it's the grind. It's, you know, it's all the, you know, the Gary V screaming at you and everything like that. I used to love that stuff, man. I still get a kick out of it, but now I get a kick out of it. Now it's I, I find humor in it because yeah. I've been you know, I've been doing this long enough to know that, like, if you like, let's use this analogy. Let's just say you got an ice sculpture, right? And you want to turn it into whatever it is you want to turn it into, like an eagle or whatever it is. If you keep grinding on that eagle, it's no longer going to be an eagle, right? You're going Mm -hmm. to grind the wings off. You're going to grind the feet off. You're going to grind it down. So you've got to be able to, once you get to a certain place, and I'm listen, I'm hard work, HWPO, man, hard work pays off. But you've also got to have a perspective around that. Like, what's the end result? Like what's the outcome I'm trying to get? If I need it, if I want an eagle, I can't keep grinding that eagle down until he's the size of a hummingbird. That eagle needs to be big and badass, right? Yeah. But if you grind too much sometimes, and I think that's where the young entrepreneurs and the young people, and I, I keep saying young, I'll be 47 this year. So I'm not old, but I'm definitely not young. Um, I think that's where they kind of get lost is because if on social media, it's like grind, 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 grind. And it's like, you know, eventually that grind gets to a place of where it's it's detrimental to your success as opposed to beneficial to your success so you gotta have so, that you gotta have that medium yeah and we and our world is really um he- heavily 
skewed in that way, no matter what, what you're in, whether you're in corporate or you're just, or you're entrepreneur with our phone and with access to email. I mean, there's, there really is a drift and an expectation of like, you're available all the time, anytime you're working all the time, anytime that's a skill set in itself to just tune it, to be able to set a boundary and be like, you know what, man, I'm going to go hard for a little bit, but it doesn't mean I have to go hard until 10 PM, you know, I've done yeah. that. I did that when I first started my the my previous business, you know. But then it's yeah. like maybe there's there's another way to do it. it. Doesn't have to be that way. I think this part of it is just for me was that like I'm carrying it. It's my responsibility. I got to be on all the yeah. time, or I'm going to drop something, you know. Yeah. Which was just a belief. It wasn't actually true, but. Totally. It's, it's that limiting belief you talked about earlier. It's like, if I don't do this, then everything else is just going to crumble and fall. And what yeah. you'll realize is that once you, once you find your alignment, and you, you, you'll attest to this, once you find your alignment, you're cool. It's like, hey, I can, you know what? It's, it's 630. I'm going to go do a little quality time for me. Phone goes off, right? And I don't check it till tomorrow morning. Guess what? Since I started doing that, everything's improved. Like all things have improved. Business has improved, right? If you're available 24 seven, 365, unless you're a brain surgeon, unless you're some kind of trauma surgeon or somebody we need on call 24 seven, 365, you're doing yourself a disservice by always being available, right? And I'm not just talking from a business perspective. I'm talking about from available to that phone, available to social media, available, available, available. Sometimes you've got to be unavailable, all right? And that's what's going to help recharge you and get you into that alignment that you need to be because, you know, I'll go back to the hustle and the grind mentality. That's the easiest way. Most people that I know that are living that hardcore hustle, hardcore grind, you can't be in alignment and do that 24 seven because it's just too, it's too chaotic. You know, yeah. I mean? so you got, you got to, you got to make sure it's purposeful and passion driven. You'd be really hard to fall out of alignment if you're doing that. Yeah, so powerful, man. I love alignment. I want to dig more into alignment even. Yeah. Let's go back again. Um, because you had mentioned when we started this conversation, you know, you had worked for pharmaceutical company, yeah. you worked for nutrition companies, you had done this, like you had the expense account. But there was a there was a moment in time, I guess, where you transitioned from that to creating your own thing. Yeah. What was going on for you at that time? where you you already had you had a career that was working but there was some you know you were feeling called i guess to go do something else can you sort of talk about that time frame what you were experiencing and how it was showing up and then what ultimately had you like take a leap into entrepreneurship or a different path you know what i was i was living somebody else's i was living somebody else's version or vision of my life i'm not sure whose that was but it wasn't mine. Like, you know, so like, again, I'll be 47 in October. So when I grew, you know, the generation, when I grew up, it was like, you know, corporate job, you know, 401k. I mean, there was not the entrepreneurial explosion was not a cool thing, right? You needed a steady job to every paycheck, every two weeks, maybe you get a bonus. If you work really, really, really hard, if you had a company car, it was a big deal, you know, business cards, name, all that jazz, right? Titles mattered back in the generation when I was growing up. And so I think I fell into that conditioning. Let's go back to that. I fell into that conditioning of, well, winning means this, right? It's the title of the the job that I have and the company that's on the business card. I was putting that ahead of 
the the really thing the thing that really mattered in the business card and that was the name right i was i wasn't living for the name which was was jay nixon i was living yeah. for the title above the name and the company above that title and that was that was my that was my who are you well this is who i work for this is what I, it's my title this is what i do i think a lot of times we get caught up in that i started feeling a sense of discontentment um, you know, so I loved working in the nutrition world because I kind of grew up as like a, you know, just a nutrition geek, a fit, a body freak. Like I loved, I used to read muscle and fitness when I was like seven. Um, I loved it. It's always been something that's like purposeful and passion driven for me. So that yeah. was a great, that was a great job. But I got to a point um, where it was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to max out here, right? I'm, I'm at probably one of the higher levels I'm going to get in the nutrition world. What's the next step? Well, I mean, who doesn't want to be a pharmaceutical rep, right? That back in the day, that used to be the, you know, the piece of the resistance. Like if you had that job, it was like, you're a big deal, right? And so I'm like, I, I busted my ass. I got that job. And that's where the discontentment really started. Because I'm, I'm an uber natural nutrition guy, selling things and talking about things that I'd never put in my own body, that I'd never, yeah. even, let, I'd never even let my mom take. And so that was where the discontentment and, and the, the, the pull started happening there. And so, you know, just knowing that I was, I was doing something that wasn't in alignment with who I was internally was something that I, that I struggled with on a daily basis. And here's how the struggle manifested itself. You remember how I said earlier, I get up at 3 a.m. and I'm psyched about it? Yeah. I didn't want to get out of bed. Right? I had a great job. I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to. I wasn't motivated because... When you're out of alignment, it's not, and, and listen, I've always been a winner. Like I've always been like, if we're playing, I'm playing to win. I don't care what it is. If I could play my grandma on checkers, like I'm, grandma's ass is getting beaten checkers. That's just the way <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. She knows that. Everybody knows that. We're going to be cool in the end, but I'm playing to win. And yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't winning anymore. And so I'm like, this, and it, it, I was young too, though, man. I'm in my young 20s. And so I'm like, I, just fight through it. What do I do? Right. So it was this big, just vortex of like, just not thriving in life. I was just surviving, even though on paper, it was all right. On paper, everything was where it was supposed to be. And so I just knew in that. And so as I, as I transitioned out of that, you know, I got the opportunity to start consulting for the NFL alumni, really cool job. I mean, I got to travel to, you know, I was at the Super Bowl in Miami sitting in a VIP box. Um, nope. I went to the Pro Bowl. Like I've been, I, I've, I've played golf with Troy Aikman. I've played golf with Dan Marino, John Elway. I was at Don Shula's 80th birthday party, me and 30 other people. So I've been where as kids growing up watching these guys play, I hung out with Terry Bradshaw for an entire day, just me and him. He was my idol cool. growing up. Cool, I realized, man. I realized that, that, you know, this was a cool gig, but I'm like, wait a minute. These are dudes just dudes they're just like me that live their passion and that's when it hit me when I was in that job I'm like listen this is cool what I'm doing but this isn't my passion right like I'm just a part of their passion I'm a part of that conditioning from back when yeah. I was when I was a youngster of like the Pittsburgh Steelers the Dallas Cowboys like um you know I'm, I'm, I'm hanging out with Lawrence Taylor like unbelievable right Barry Sanders, Emmett, you name it. Like I've hung out. Love with it, man. Yeah. But I realized I was, lit, I was, I was a part of their dream, right? Because 
I was, you know, it's like when I put the jersey on that doesn't have my name on the back, right? It's like, that's cool. But it's like, what if I put my name on the back of this jersey and I started living for that dude? And that's when I realized like, okay, like, listen, I got a skill set that's crazy. Like I know more about nutrition. I know more about drugs, the human body, how to deal with NFL guys. Like I've been in situations and scenarios. I've got all the resources, but I wasn't putting them into play. I was using them for somebody else's benefit and somebody else's success. Came home, talked to my significant other. And I'm like, listen, I know I'm out of alignment. Like I know this, I can't, I know I can't keep doing this for the rest of my life. She said, do you want the truth? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, you should be a personal trainer. I'm like, well, you, you want me to go work at 24 hour fitness? Like you get, you're crazy as hell. Like I'm used to making, <laughs> I'm used to making six figures plus. I'm used yeah. to hanging, I'm used to hanging out with, I'm hanging out with LT. I'm not going to 24 hour fitness. <laughs> right. And she's like, no, she's like, you, you're thinking too small. Right. I got caught up in this small level thinking upper limiting that because I was a personal trainer, I was going to make nine ninety nine an hour struggle, not, you know what I mean? And like, so I, I started having to craft my own vision of what is this? Okay. Listen, just because I'm just because I I'm going to do this right. So I first of all I never called myself a personal trainer, right? I just I'm like I'm going to change the narrative because I was conditioned to believe. So a lot of times we think we have to change the term, and I just change the narrative. I'm like this is what I'm going to do. I'm a transformational life coach, right? The hell does that mean? I don't know. I just made it up, but it yeah. made, it, it made me. I stood a little bit taller and I got a little bit more into it, and I became who I said I was like the vision of who I wanted to be was who I turned into. But if I would have stayed in that, if I would have stayed in that same line of saying, well, I don't want to be just a personal trainer. Like that's just something that I do. I do. I personal train, bet your ass. That's not who I am. Right. Who I am is this guy. And I created this like almost alter ego persona. And that's what I started living in, in alignment with. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. It's, it didn't, I had, I started out in a broom closet of a chiropractor's office with no clients. Then I got one, then I got two, then I got three fast forward over almost 15 years ago, 12 years ago, when I started, now I've got clients in Australia, in the UK, all over the world, written two books, have my own studio, like, you know, my own coaching program. And so I say all that to say that, don't let that limiting belief of insert whatever you want to insert in personal trainer limit you from doing the thing that you know you need to be doing because you can create your own way. You can create your own version. And kind of what I did early on, I know I'm, I'm long-winded here, but this is such a, a unique story. I had started my business and I, I, I was kind of, I was, I was having success paying the bills, wasn't where I wanted to be, wasn't where I knew I could be. It was probably around December of that year. And I remember sitting at my, my desk and I'm thinking, okay, what can I do that's different? Right? Because I've never wanted to be traditional. I've never liked to be just, just this. So I started looking online. This is back in the day before. This is probably like 12 years ago. This is before you could fall down and land on a coach or fall down and land on a program or whatever. <laughs> so I started yeah. Google and I'm like, you know, I'm like weight loss transformation, New Year's challenges. I don't even remember what I, what I Googled. And this, this, this course popped up and it was a $99 course. And it said, I, I don't remember who the guy was. I'll teach you how to create a new year's, a 30 day new year's transformation program. I'm like 99 bucks. What do I got to lose? Yeah. I bought the program for $99. I got it. And I'm like, 
this is good, but I could, this, I could make this way better. So I, I started creating my own version of that that was in alignment with what I wanted to teach and talk about, which was personal development, which was mindset, which was psychology. And I coupled eat this, like, you know, have a salad instead of a donut, like, you know, mind blowing shit. I coupled that with this psychological piece and I created my own program and my own thing. I've turned that $99 and I don't say this as a boastful thing. I say this so that you know, you can do this if I can. I've turned, yeah. that nine, I've turned that 99 bucks into multiple millions of dollars just from, just from wanting more and knowing that I didn't have all the answers. Like I didn't have the answer. I needed, I needed somebody to say, Hey, how about this idea? And then I took that idea and I, and I made it my own. Yeah. Super powerful, man. Well, dude, there's so much you said there. I want to, <laughs> I just want to highlight. No, man, that was gold. Everything was gold. And one of the things I want to highlight is that, as cool as it was that you were hanging out playing golf with these guys that you watched that I watched, you know, yeah. growing up and you realize there's this interesting thing where it's like, these guys have so much energy around them and you know, it's so cool what they're doing. It's easy to just want to, to jump in that and be like, wow, you know, I'm playing golf with John Elway. Like, yeah. but again, it is there is their vision that manifested that you jumped into and it's really powerful that you realize that. And then you realize like, there's no separation in terms of what's the the makeup of who they are and who you are. I think that was really powerful. And then, uh, you know, what else is powerful that you said is, um, the the whole thing about titles, you know, I want to go be this, you know, I want to go be a trainer. I want to go be a day trader or whatever it is that you want to do. But but um, it is limiting to look at it that way and, not, and to not look at it. It's, it's so powerful how you looked at it as through the vision. Yeah. I mean, that was my interpretation of what yeah. you said. You know, totally. like you had a vision for this guy that you knew internally you were already. There wasn't a title for that. No. And it's like, <laughs> if you're going to be limited by the title, then you would have called yourself a trainer. Right. But instead, you made up this cool name mm-hmm. on the fly. And it didn't matter if someone wasn't selling that name and of course to be that guy, but like you had this vision for what you wanted to do. And then the trainer was maybe the door to get in and start, yeah. but like right from the get go, you went for that big vision. And what else I thought was powerful about that is that so I think the default maybe mindset is if you're going to start over into something, you got to start at the bottom, Yeah, but you don't No, you really don't. And if you're, you already are successful and you've got this success history and track record, you don't have to start at the bottom. You can create the vision and start and make your first year as successful as the last year was at the other place. If it's a money thing that you're trying to fill the gap in and that first year, you can fill that gap and you don't have to hold yourself small to start on the ground level because you don't have any experience yet in this new thing that you're going into. Who cares? You bring all that with you. You bring your superpower into what you're going to create next. 100%. And it goes back to that conditioning. We've been conditioned to believe, well, if you're going to do something new, you got to start at the bottom. You got to start over. Like you don't have to start over. Like you've you've got the, what I realized is like, when I looked back at at my, the portfolio of my life, I'm like, look at these resources. Like, look at everything. I've I've got my own line of supplements now because I had resources because I knew people. 
Like I can, I'll give you guys a, a quick example. Here's how powerful resources are. So if you want to have your own line of supplements, whoever's listening, you probably know this. You don't just get it. It's yours. I'm not talking about white labeling. I'm talking about like you, you right. create this product and it is proprietary to you. You're going to have to buy thousands and thousands and thousands of units and bottles and labels and you name it. I created resources where I, I met the owner of a nutritional manufacturer and became friends with them. And I said, Hey man, I like to have my own line. What if, can I use your lab, your resources, your people create my own products, use limited runs. And if you like it, you can tweak it a little bit and bring it into your line. He's like, deal done. So I get to make any product on the planet that I want because I made resources and connections throughout the year. Not because I'm smart, not because I'm anything, it's resources, right? So I want you guys to start thinking about that when you're thinking about the next level of who you, who you want to be. It's like, start maximizing your resources. And this is why it's the old adage of what Jim Rohn or somebody said it, right? You're successful as the five people you hang around. Cool, right? You're successful as the resources of the five people you hang around. Make sure you're yeah. hanging around people who, who want you to win. That's the cool thing about the life that I've created is like anyone who's in my life wants me to win as much as I want to win. And that's because there's a big reciprocity thing. Like if you're in my circle, you don't get a choice. Like you're going to win because I'm going to make you win. I'm going to push you to win. I'm going to help you win. And I want that same thing from you. And when you get a, when you get a, a group like that, it's, I mean, it's, it's impenetrable. It's amazing. Dude, hundred percent, man. It's so valuable. I agree with you. I got, I feel blessed as well that I have a, a group of people around me who only hold me high. Yeah. And if I have people around me who don't, I don't hear from them. I don't know who mm-hmm. they are. I couldn't put a finger or a name to anyone who doubts me because they're not, I'm they're not you. close enough. They're I'm not in my you. circle. Yeah, You don't know me well enough if you're doubting me. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't hear you. So if you doubt me, that's fine. Cause I'll never hear you. Exactly. Jay, man, this has been powerful, brother, man. Um, I love talking to you, bro. Your positivity is infectious and it's easy to talk to you. And so thanks, man. I acknowledge you for that. I, I appreciate the opportunity. I really do look at this. And, and my goal for everybody listening is that you, one thing, right? If I said one thing that, that mattered or that you can take action on, then I consider this to be, I mean, I won today, right? Yeah. Well, man, let, let me do this too. I know you mentioned something about a accountability matrix, right? Like mm-hmm. we have a gift that you're going to give away to the audience. Yeah. So I'd love for you to highlight that. Have you highlight that? So the people that are listening that would like to connect with you, they can do it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what, you know, the accountability matrix is what I use in my own. Here's one of the cool things about if you ever listen to anything I say, it's, it's because I implement it in my own life, right? And that's how I know it works. And so the accountability matrix is what I use to make sure that I'm staying in alignment, right? So it's, it's a level one through 10, anything below a seven is in my wording, like a, a victim level behavior. Anything above that seven means that I'm taking the appropriate steps and actions and I have the right mindset to create positivity, right? And so accountability is going to be one, accountability and consistency are going to be two of your major keys to whatever it is you want to do in life, all the way from having successful relationships, all the way to making more money. The further you wait, this is maybe one of the best things I say today, the further you move away from accountability, the weaker you become. Mm, that's, with, that's, with, that's with everything. That's, yeah. with, that's with money. That's with your fitness. 
that's with your, just think about it. Think about the places and spaces in your life where you've moved away from accountability. Those are probably your weakest areas. Those are probably the areas that you struggle in. Most people who are overweight aren't accountable in that fashion, right? They may be highly accountable somewhere else, right? They may be financially doing great because they know how to be accountable there. And if you've got the skill to do it in one area of your life, it's transferable to every other space and place in your life. It's not that you don't understand how to do it, right? It's that you're making a decision to not hold yourself accountable and or you don't have the right people in your life that are holding you accountable to that vision of what it is that you say you want. Yeah, super powerful, man. I love that, 100%. So they can grab that matrix yep. and kind of examine where they're not being accountable. and Super like, self-explanatory, yeah. Cool, okay, cool. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll plug it, it's plugged right in the email. So um, if you're watching and it speaks to you, grab it, grab it right now. Don't put it in the, that sounds cool. I'll grab it later. Grab it right now, download it and look at it. Take 10 minutes right now, look at it. And I'm certain that whatever it is on that um, matrix that's designed for you, where you are right now in your life, it's going to pop off the um, page at you. Yeah. Taking a page from Jay's uh, words from earlier in the interview, but it'll pop off the page at you. All right, my man. Well, dude, thanks for hanging out today. Thank um, you. Everyone watching, thanks for hanging out and go implement and we'll see you next time. Bye guys. All right, team. I hope you love that interview. Sean is an amazing guy. We had a very great connection. As you can see, we just bantered back and forth. That could have went for a lot longer than it did. What I want to tell you now is that if you were touched, hit, impacted, by that interview, it's time to make a change. It's time to make a shift. It's time to actually do something and get yourself moving in the direction of that purpose-driven life that you do desire. Reach out to me. Let me know how I can help you. We can do a one-on-one coaching session. You can join my Thrive Forever Fit program. Hopefully, you're already a member of my free group, the Wellness Lab Launchpad. Either way, anyway, make sure you reach out and get that connection and get that help you need to start living the life that you deserve and desire. All right, guys, have a beautiful day. We'll see you next week with another awesome show. Bye.